everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Different Strokes to Move the World, an unofficial Different Strokes podcast. I want to make sure that I've been saying it's an unofficial Different Strokes podcast and not just a Different Strokes podcast. So, today I'm going to be reviewing Season 1, Episode 4, entitled Prep School, which aired on November 24th, 1978. In this episode, Mr. Drummond, Philip Drummond, is excited about the possibility of the boys enrolling at his old prep school. This episode's got a 7.3 out of 10, directed by Herbert Kenbeth, writers Alan Rosen, Fred Rubin, Michael Rusnow, Bernie Kukoff, and Jeff Harris. We got a little trivia for this episode. First episode in the series, which Arnold says, What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> well, at the breakfast table, Arnold is reading the comic book Super Friends number 16. So, of course, before I officially get into the podcast, I want to let you Different Strokes podcast newbies know where you can go find the podcast to listen to. Many different platforms. You have your iTunes, you got your SoundCloud, you got your... Podbean, you're going to basically be looking for the Punky Power Podcast because that's where you're going to find the Different Strokes Podcast and the Silver Spoons Podcast as well, which I will soon be wrapping up Season 4 of Silver Spoons and starting with the final season, Season 5, coming up in mid-May. Also, if you'd like to follow along with the podcast so you know what episodes I'm doing, I'm actually going to be going with different strokes, just like Punky Brewster and Silver Spoons. I am going to be doing episode by episode, season by season. However, there are some episodes I will be skipping over. One in particular this season is Retrospectus, Retrospective, which is just, it's a flashback episode, which there's really not anything to it. So the way to follow along with the podcast on social media, you can go to Facebook, Different Strokes to Move the World podcast, or you can go to Instagram, follow along on the Punky Power podcast Instagram, or the Punky Power PB podcast on Twitter. You'll find out what episodes I'm going to be doing, or you can even go to IMDb and get the episode list from there. After this episode, I will be going back to month to month until the fall, so... All right, without further ado, one last thing. If you want to send an uh, email to the podcast, you can do so at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to talk about your different strokes memories or your favorite episodes. All right, let's get started with this episode. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, it's been a year since I watched the episodes, and I'm really excited to dive back in again with the Jacksons and the Durmans and Mrs. Garrett. All right, we come out of the intro. It looks like it's breakfast time. We have both Arnold and Willis. Looks like they're both reading comic books. And Philip is reading the paper. Well, Mrs. Garrett, she's trying to do her job. Like, oh, can I get anybody everything? Any, anything? Do you want anything? And, of course, all three guys are just ignoring her. Like, they're so immersed in comic books and the Wall Street Journal. And she gets a little closer. I said, can I get you anything? And they're still... Why are they ignoring her? Are they that into what they're reading? She just needs a yes or no answer, guys. So she's like, would anyone like a poached owl? Oh, she's an owl egg. And still nothing. She's like, would anyone like a, a boiled kangaroo? And Willis is like, say what? <laughs> Finally, she got your attention. Dang. Some clean cheese. Not the ones with Mickey Mouse on them. 
Last night Jude, I was a piece of cheese and he ate the Yeah. at the table. It's like, dude, you're reading the paper. Come on now. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Um, <laughs> I was like, well, I tried to finish this in the bathroom. I love Willis's line when Mrs. Garrett says, well, your pancakes are probably cold now, Willis. And Willis is like, ah, that's all right. I'll warm them up in my stomach. So she says, after breakfast, you boys are going to help me make your beds. And Arnold's like, don't put any Mickey Mouse sheets on there again. The last time you did that, I had a nightmare that I was a piece of cheese and he ate me. That is horrific. <laughs> Yikes. Can you just picture, like, Mickey Mouse with, like, red glowing eyes and fangs? And it's just like, I'm like, ah, I'll never watch another Disney movie again. <laughs> so... Mrs. Garrett's kind of going through all the things she's got to do. Scrub the windows, vacuum the floors, all this stuff. And Philip's like, well, what's the occasion? And Mrs. Garrett's like, well, the next door maid is dropping by. It's like, yeah. you want everything to look good, of course. You don't want your maid friends like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. There's dust on this windowsill. So I'm guessing this is gonna, is this summertime in the, or... And he's preparing them because he's bringing up the subject of school. And he, of course, wants them to go to his alma mater. Oh, wait. I guess they're currently going to school? I'm confused. Because um, Willis is like, what's wrong with the one we're already attending? And Philip, of course, is like, in his eyes, always dreamed I'd have a son or sons and they would go to my alma mater, my prep school. He's showing them, like, pictures of his old yearbook and how he was kind of a, a little hellion throwing the dean in the lake or something like that. Oh, he tells the kids, just think about it, and leaves them alone to discuss. And Willis is, of course, he's not down with, like, I see nothing wrong with our public school. And he even says, it's like, a prep school, those are for white people and white kids and stuff like that. It's just another matter of, here we go, having to be put into a situation where we're forced to fit in where and feel like we don't belong and we have to prove ourselves and all this stuff. And it's like, they're not about that, which is understandable. Why pull them, out, pull them out of a school where they've already got friends, they know the teachers, they're doing good with the coursework, and put them into a situation where it's got probably going to be an accelerated course, they're probably going to fall behind, hypothetically speaking, and, and, and they'll just, in their case, stick out like a sore thumb. And they'll constantly be having to like prove themselves and, and just, I, I honestly think, I mean, come on, Philip. This is not a normal situation here. You gotta let the boys go where they're comfortable. And if, like I said, if they like their school, let them stay there. That's good for them. They've already been pulled out of Harlem and are just thrust into this whole new world. Why add to that by putting them in a prep school? Willis's mind is made up. Like, no, we're not going. No, no, no. I love how when drum up. You want to call him Drummond? Uh, Philip is flipping through his yearbook. I love how Arnold is like perched just over the top of Philip with his arms around him. It's just so cute. Yeah, Willis says two kids from Harlem don't belong there. And Philip's like, oh, I can tell you one good reason why you do belong there. It's because it's integrated and if it wasn't for my donation, that school would be a parking lot. I like how Willis is bringing up the fact, like, when we first moved here, you said you wouldn't force us to do anything that we don't want to do. And Philip's like, yeah, I did say that. I mean, I'm not going to force you. It's up to you guys. So it seems like he's guilting them. Like, oh, I always hoped two, you know, two sons of mine would go to my alma mater. Digby Crest. Okay, Digby. Gotcha. Four generations have gone to this school. 
four generations of Drummonds. I love it! Where it's like, alright, Arnold, let's think about Digby. Okay, that's it. That's enough. No, <laughs> we're done. So, of course, that scene ends with the boys fighting over the comic books because Willis took both of them. Like, you ain't getting, you don't get none of them. And Arnold just pulling on Willis's collar like, Mrs. Garrett! <laughs> no, I mean the time to talk about school is just around the corner. Well, what's the matter with the school we're going to? Well, it's a great school. They even got a water fountain that only comes up to here on me. <laughs> no, I have nothing against the school you boys are going to. But I just want to be sure you get the very best education possible. I'd like to enroll you at my old alma mater, Digby Preparatory School for Boys. Sounds like a prison. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll make the door in stripes. <laughs> room mrs garrett is setting up uh the table for probably lunch later or something uh, no she's actually making it look nice for when her maid friend comes over and philip comes out and of course she's saying how the tailor dropped by and the clothes that you made for the boys for digby are hidden away and of course philip's like just shut up basically because willis and arnold are behind her and they're looking at each other like he just said it was up to us whether or not... Well, they don't say this, but they have this look like, I thought this decision was up to us. Now he made clothes that... It's almost like he's cementing the decision for us. Like, oh, no, you're going to go to this prep school whether you want to or not. I already got the clothes made. I guess the headmaster is even going to stop by and escort the boys there. Like, what? What? Why did you even say it's up to them if you already made all these arrangements ahead of time? I'd be angry if I were the boys. Like, what? I don't get a say in this. You said I had a say in whether I wanted to go or not. It's like, just think about it. That tailor dropped by. Uh, Mrs. Garrett. Don't worry. I hid the new clothes you had made for them in the upstairs hall closet. <laughs> Mrs. Garrett. And Mr. Bordenay, the headmaster, returned your call. He'll come by this morning to escort them to Digby. And... <laughs> yeah. They're, like, right behind you. I wish I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. If you want me, 
I'll be in the kitchen with my head in the oven. <laughs> oh, my God. It just started with this morning, huh, Mr. D? Uh -huh. So you're trying to force us to go to Digby's. It only looks that way, Willis, because I was. <laughs> I'm sorry, boys. The decision will be up to you. It I'll better be. Drummond, do you mind if Willis and I talk in private for a minute? Now, what do we need to do that for? I want to tell you how dumb you are, but I don't want to say it in front of Mr. Drummond. <laughs> That's true. Who doesn't? It makes two of us. Yeah. Listen, Mr. Drummond loves us, and we owe it to him to look Digby over. I guess you're right. All right, come on. Just give, yeah, just give it a look. You don't gotta go. Hey, Mr. Drummond, you decide to go check out your school. Yeah. We talked it over, and I won three shows to two. <laughs> that makes me very happy, boys. And believe me, you won't be sorry. It's a beautiful school. Hey, let me show you. You've Look. just shown them the yearbook in the kitchen. Why are we looking through it again? <laughs> what are you laughing at? That picture. Look at the double look on that guy's face. <laughs> That's funny. Let me guess it's Philip. Oh, whoops! Shit! <laughs> so, Willis and Arnold kind of get into a late little brotherly shoving match of the privately discussing. They're like six feet away from Drummond, who's flipping through his Digby yearbook. And he's like, hey, we owe it to Mr. Drummond. Why don't we just check the school out, you know, for his sake. It's like, we don't have to commit to anything. And I like how Willis is like, yeah, since when did you become a school lover? And he's like, Arnold's like, I I'm not. I mean, if you think about it, I don't like lunch, recess, and summer vacation. And Willis is like, yeah, that makes two of us. I'm like, hey, that makes three of us. I mean, I don't even go to school anymore, but um, that definitely. Recess, lunch, summer vacay. Oh, yeah. And the school library. Uh, yeah, that too. I like that. So <laughs> they agree to check it out. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll check it out. We'll see what um, what it's got to offer and everything. So, of course, he shows them the yearbook. I'm like, you just showed this to them in the kitchen. How much more of this yearbook do we got to cover? And, of course, Arnold busts a gut laughing. Like, oh, look at this guy with a stupid expression on his face. <laughs> it's so funny. And they're all laughing. And then, of course, uh, Philip's like, that's actually me. It's like, oh, yeah, you're a cute kid. Yeah. <laughs> I love the cat calls as Willis comes down the stairs in his Digby hat and blazer and tie. And he is rocking those sunglasses, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> the audience is, oh, Willis. <laughs> Master Borden, eh? But they never change. 
be on our best behavior, right? Good behavior, Supermouse. How would you like a fat ankle? <laughs> Mr. Drummond. Yes, Mr. Bordenay. That's right. Please come in. Thank you. <laughs> For heaven's sake, he's got the same reaction the mother had. calling a long black coat. They probably got wet when they threw him in the lake. <laughs> I beg your pardon? Uh, what the boys mean is, where is the traditional Digby headmaster attire? My dear sir, we haven't worn those for years. Or that archaic outfit you're wearing. You mean, we don't have to wear any monkey suits? Uh, it's, uh, it's only a joke, Willis. Uh, Mr. Bordenay, these are my boys. This is Willis, and this is Arnold. I trust you received their records. Oh, we ain't got any records. We ain't even been picked up for questioning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, record time. Now, why don't you two boys run upstairs and get changed into something more suitable for Digby? Oh, we'll try to change into two white boys. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, yeah, the boys come down. They look adorable. And they're basically wearing maroon-colored blazers that are lined with um, white on the lapel and the, or on the collar. And, of course, the boys are wearing, like, high knee socks, and they're wearing, like, shorts. So when Philip comes down, he's wearing pants. Like, why can't the boys just wear pants? But I'm guessing maybe that's what Philip wore when he started at Digby. And it's like, all right, boy, you got to be on your best behavior and everything like that. And of course, Willis is like, yeah, I'm talking to you, mighty mouth. So when the headmaster of Digby comes in, and he, he's got the same reaction, he doesn't faint, but he's got the same reaction as Philip's mother, as he just looks at them, it's like the idea of like, what in the, he looks at Willis and Arnold like he's never seen black people in his life. This guy already, I mean, is a major dick. He is just, ugh. I already don't like him. And apparently, <laughs> Philip's wardrobe is a bit outdated. And when I say a bit outdated, I mean like 30 years outdated. Because the, the guy's like, well, Philip's surprised the guy isn't wearing basically what they're kind of wearing. Like the headmaster clothes, you know, the starched collar and the black robes. Like, yeah, we retired that years ago. Eaton isn't Eaton that's where Prince William and Kate went, didn't they? Or I thought also Prince Harry went to Eaton in England. Philip's like, hey, what do you see to how the headmaster dresses? Starch collar and a long black coat. And Arnold is like or not Arnold, I'm sorry, Willis. <laughs> He's like, Yeah, does he sleep in a coffin during the day? Because you basically just described Dracula. So he had Philip hasn't even met this new headmaster, Mr. Bordney, and he assumes that he'll be no different than the rest of them. He's different. His attitude's different. And I'd be like, wait, I thought these schools were integrated. That's what Philip said. So why is this guy acting like the idea of two black boys attending Digby is the worst thing ever? I, I hope that, I hope that Philip gives, uh, gets that guy's resignation. Speaking of Philip, his tie is so short. Well, it's, he said he dug this out from a trunk, like, from 30 years ago, which, how is it not, like, being, been eaten by moths or smells like mothballs or, I mean, Mrs. Garrett must have had it dry cleaned and pressed and all that stuff. How does that hat even fit him? Oh, Willis calls Arnold super mouse. Of course, we're like, you know, Arnold's got to be on his best behavior. Oh, Willis, too. But Arnold is, yeah, he'll say whatever pops out of his mouth. Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, in season one, Arnold is missing his two front teeth. And I remember watching um, the early seasons, like season two, eventually he starts, you actually get to see his two front teeth coming in. And it's just weird how one's like growing at the uh, different speed as the other. But it's just like, you're pretty much watching these kids grow up over the course of eight years on the show. This guy looks like he's got so much dang Botox in his face. His 
that his face, his smile is just like glued on or permanently fixed. But as soon as he sees Willis and Arnold, that smile just bye. So apparently, the headmaster attire has been retired for many, many years, and that's. Why the guys kind of look, the headmaster now is like looking at, like, yeah, I can see that uh, we haven't worn your uniform. Students haven't worn your uniform for a lifetime, like 30 plus years. So the guy comes in an archaic outfit that Philip's wearing. And Will's just like, oh, you mean we don't have to wear these monkey suits? Like, I'm sure it's not like casual dress. They probably still want you to wear probably a. Um, shirt with their emblem, a polo shirt with their emblem, and maybe some slacks and some dress shoes. It's not like you're going to be walking into Digby wearing jeans and uh, a hoodie. This guy, this headmaster looks like he can't get out the door fast enough. He's just not impressed. And Willis, he can smell these people out a mile away. Just body language and tone of voice. is just, man, ugh, ugh, this guy. And Philip's like, I trust that you received the records. And, of course, when Arnold hears the word records, it's like, we haven't even been called in for questioning. He thinks, like, police records. Like, no, it's actual school records is what he's referring to, like, transcripts and stuff. So Philip tells them to go upstairs and get changed into something more suitable for Digby. And I love Willis's response. Like, oh, we'll come down dresses to white boys. We'll try to be more white. I can definitely see that I think Philip is going to be right on this guy, like, calling him out. And, like, back in my day when I attended Digby, this is not how things were. We were in an integrated prep school. Why they got some racist buffoon to be the headmaster, I'll never understand. Terrific kids, aren't they? Yes, fine little chap. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Drummond, may I use... Oh, yes, of course. It's through those doors and right down the hall. Your telephone. (laughs) Oh, 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 yes, of course. Here. Help yourself. No, you may not use my telephone. Oh, Oh, he wants privacy. May I get you some coffee? Perhaps a spot of tea. (laughs) One spot coming up. (laughs) Mrs. Garrett? Yes, Dad? Mrs. Garrett? Yes, Mr. Drummond. Oh. Mr. Garrett, would you please make some tea for Mr. Boardman? Right. We should be there in about an hour. No, let's feed them before they take the test. At least they can enjoy their lunch. I'm afraid there's no way these boys will pass or dig the entrance exams. So this guy thinks he's calling it as he sees it with these boys. Like, oh, let's at least, like, give them lunch. At least we'll get a free meal, because these boys are not going to pass the entrance exam for Digby. No, no way. He's just going sight... Um, just based on the boys' race. Like I said, he just looks weird. He looks like he's got his face shot full of Botox. Like, his face doesn't even really move. So Philip comes in from work and asks if the boys have arrived yet, and she's like, oh, no, nope, they haven't. Do you see the floor covered in cookie crumbs and comic books? They're not back yet. And he says he ran into a friend named Stinky something or other, and they did the old Digby cheer. And, of course, Mrs. Garrett wants to hear it. It's like, oh, you don't want to hear it. It's not. It's like, she's like, no, okay. And he's like, well, if you really want to hear it. Are the boys home yet? Do you see the floor covered with comic books and cookie crumbs? <laughs> the boys aren't home yet. Had a great time at lunch today. Ran into Stinky Rogers. Oh, with a name like that, I'd walk around him. <laughs> old school chum. We reminisced about the school. We even did the old school cheer. What is it? Oh, it's nothing. Do it. No, I couldn't. Okay. Well, if you want to hear it. <laughs> Digby, Digby, win the game. Put the other team to shame. All around, they know our name. Digby, Digby, Digby. Oh, I think I hurt myself. <laughs> you probably did pull a muscle. Change that to Digby, Digby, Digby to hernia, hernia, hernia. <laughs> Kids like the school. 
that place just blows your mind <laughs> and it's far out you know this is 1978 where they say far far out yeah they got willis really likes all the activities as far as the rowboats tennis fencing they even have horseback riding for arnold cute little pony oh oh okay it was not a horse it was a great dane <laughs> that's cute <laughs> Of course, Arnold's like, oh, I knew it was a dog. He kept stopping at every tree. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Willis says they even met some other black boys there, which is awesome because uh, they taught Arnold and Willis how to shoot bow and arrows, and Willis taught them how to shoot craps. So Philip's like, Willis, I do not want to hear about you gambling ever again. You understand me. This family does not gamble. And Willis is like, oh, we're going to just dig it at Digby. How? <laughs> yeah. Dig it at Digby. You know they had to get that in there. Turns out the headmaster is a bit of a jerk. Honestly, the only thing that they didn't like about the school. And Arnold's like, yeah, the guy walks around like he's someone starched his shorts and they walk up the stairs like bow-legged like they just got off a horse or have a lo or wearing a loaded diaper. <laughs> so they head upstairs and I'm sure that Philip is like, yeah, I need to see this headmaster because something's, I don't know. After the boys head upstairs, and it's Bergney, or whatever the heck that man's name is, the headmaster, says that the boys scored very low on the tests to be uh, able to go to the school. You got to take the entrance. Entrance. Why can I not say the word entrance? Entrance exam. Thank you. And, um. <laughs> They their score was really really low, which Phillips even like hey I'll get him a private tutor and he's like what there's nothing that they can do to get into that school and apparently not so it's like oh, the boys were just I got them so hyped up and they're so excited about going that now just to tell them that they can't go and Mrs. Scar's like you know I'm gonna make some ice cream sodas a couple and. Philip's like, 
you know, you might want to make it three, because uh, I'm going to have a hard time accepting this, too. And Mrs. Gary's like, you know what? I think I'll make four. <laughs> Go for it, girl! <laughs> so now we're going up to the boys' bedroom, and they're going through the course catalog, just trying to see what classes do we want to take. That's pretty cool that you could just kind of pick your own schedule, like your own classes. Oh, little goldfish Abraham on the table. Oh, Abraham. Oh take sailing, swimming, and a class in gourmet cooking. So Willis is like, how are you going to take a class in gourmet cooking? And Arnold kind of sums it up like, well, they're probably going to need someone to do some gourmet eating. <laughs> okay, buddy, I, I don't think they need a taste tester. I think you would have to take cooking 101 before we get to gourmet cooking. I think that's for people that have went through Cooking 101 and Cooking 102. So, Willis says, hey, hey, what do you think of that school cheer? Kind of corny, huh? And Arnold's like, yeah. But Willis is like, hey, maybe if we jazz it up a little bit. Of course, before Willis gets started, this is where Philip comes in and looks like he's going to let them know about the school. Oh, they're going to do the cheer for him. All right, cool. That was amazing. I liked it. such a fuss of it earlier. Why are you backpedaling? Are you trying to cut us out of going to the school? Oh, why? Well, no. But I just wouldn't want the feeling that I was pushing you into it. I mean, you don't have to pretend you like it for my sake. We're not pretending. I'm happy. You want me to lay a smile on you? <laughs> I owe you a smile. I don't have all my teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah, the two front ones are gone. <laughs>
routine. Yeah, we know people who get three in a bed, two on the floor, six on the couch, two in the bathroom. <laughs> cheer and it is just adorable oh it's so good and Phillips how do I say this his actions and his words confuse the boys because up till this point he's been harping oh Digby's the best it was so great when I went there I hope you guys will like it when you go there and everything like that and now he's kind of flip-flopping with oh you know I mean I don't really care if you go to school. It's totally up to you. If you guys want to go to public school, that's fine. And you know what? Honestly, I didn't really have a good time at Digby. And Willis is kind of calling him out like, wait, wait, wait a minute. This morning you were all about, oh, if I, I always imagine my son's going to my alma mater, my prep school. And it's like, oh, why all of a sudden now are you backpedaling? <laughs> and Willis is like, we're not kidding. We actually do want to go to the school. So, Philip, of course, he's not going to lie to them. He, I, I probably, I'm guessing that maybe he thought if he downplayed it, like, oh, it really wasn't that great. If you guys don't want to go there, it's not a big deal to me. Um, I think he was just doing that, so that way, um, trying to downplay it a little bit. But Willis can see there's something up. Like, what's going on here? Philip comes clean. He says... Um, you know those tests you had to take? Um, unfortunately, you guys did not do so well. And by not so well, I mean you scored very, very low. And Willis is saying how he feels like he let him down. Like, I'm just, we're just dumb. And Philip's like, no, you are not dumb. And Willis is saying about the questions that they asked. Something to do with um, the lady holding the scales with the blindfold. And Philip said something about it doing with like the state, the legislator, legislation, something. Even I, I didn't know that stuff in school. And what Willis put down is he, the scales represent the uh market and the blindfold is a lady not wanting to see what the butcher's how the butcher is gonna rip her off. And Arnold's question had to do with like a few beds and some people and how many people per room or something like that. And then well uh Arnold gives his answer <laughs> and it's funny. Um and Philip tells him it's like no those questions were bogus kids. That they were asking you questions that basically had nothing to do with you. And you couldn't even answer them, even if, like, it's almost like, here, kids, here's some SAT questions, even though you're, like, 13 and 8. They were basically setting these kids up to fail before they even got in the door at Digby. A guy that Mr. whatever the heck, Brane, um, <clears throat> Was like, oh, these kids won't have a place at Digby. So he sets them up to fail by giving them the most difficult and unage appropriate tests he could think of. So Philip's like, hey, why don't you come over to my place, Mr. 
Brane at 10 a.m. It's very important, yes. Oh, you know that auditorium I'm paying to have built at your school? Would you like it to have a roof? All right, good. Then we'll meet tomorrow at 10 a.m. Like, well, the Philip is calling the shots here. It's like he wants to get some answers. Like, why in the world? And I think the headmaster is racist. He just the look on his face, the same look that Philip's mother had in the last episode. Only this guy didn't pass out on the floor. His reactions to the boys are just. Bottom line, ridiculous. This isn't how normal people react. You don't look at someone at a different ra- of a different race and all of a sudden pass out on the floor from shock. I get it, it's supposed to be for comedic value, but I surely don't agree with it. I love how Philip is just so proud of himself. He turns around to the boys, gives them the, like, A-OK, like, eh, this is gonna work out. You see Willis and Arnold's, like... Arms crossed, like, looking at each other, like, I don't, what, what is, what just happened here? <laughs> like, oh, he's going to bat for you boys. He is definitely going to bat for you boys. No one is going to treat his boys like that. What's with this guy's over-exaggerated facial expressions? Oh, you want me to take a test? Like, what in the what? He's just going really weird with these over-exaggerate. He's like, honestly, you want to know what this guy makes me think of? Think of the person who was originally going to play Bob Saget. Not play Bob Saget! I mean, play Danny Tanner! Excuse me. (laughs) The first person up for Danny Tanner before Bob Saget was cast. If you have the DVDs, the box set of Full House, or even just season one, you will see the unaired pilot with John Posey. And his reactions and gestures and facial expressions are just laughably, like, vaudeville acting. And this guy's facial expressions are no different. Like, oh, no, don't take a test. Like, it's cocking his head like it's the weirdest thing he's ever heard. <laughs> you want me, the headmaster of DB, to take a test? That's right. Surely or that auditorium without a roof might also be without an auditorium. Yes, Philip! You tell him. Circumstances, I'd love to take the test. <laughs> All right, guys. Start the questions. Question number one. If there's no water in the house, how did you take a shower? Well, obviously you can't. Wrong. <laughs> you wait for him to turn on the fire hydrant, run out in the street with your underwear. There. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Sorry. Don't want to touch, Mr. Bordenay. <laughs> Willis? If I gave you a brown egg, two Charlies, and a deuce of rust, what would you have? I think I'd have a headache. Wrong. <laughs> You'd have $2.21. In what country? In the old country. You call it Harlem. Yes! I think this is going a little too far. Oh? You put my boys through exactly the same experience. Question number three, Arnold. Question number three is, name three different kinds of blues. (laughs) Three kinds of blue. Well, there's azure, indigo, (laughs) and baby blue. Wrong. (laughs) You didn't say colors. The three (laughs) blues are lowdown, barrel house, and (laughs) good-looking. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Are my boys getting through to you, Mr. Bordenay? Obviously, your point is that anyone unfamiliar with the street environment couldn't pass your test. Right. And anybody unfamiliar with your environment couldn't possibly pass the Digby test. Au contraire. Au contraire, what? <laughs> Our test is unfailingly fair, Mr. Drummond, for the right people. Uh, Are you saying me? that only the right people get in 
Commander Digby. Let's say it's more of a test to keep the wrong people out. Now, that's one nice thing about Harlem. <laughs> Anybody can get in. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bordenay, I am shocked and ashamed to learn that my old school is one of the few remaining to hang on to this stupid, narrow-minded way of judging intelligence. But, Mr. Trump... And I would hope that in the next six months, Digby could straighten out its act. But... And if you can't, I'll use every bit of influence I can muster to see that you get thrown out on your foot. Exactly. Yep. Yes! <laughs> show you the door very well there's the door <laughs> there you go get out of here you jerk yes <laughs> you were great mr Jeffrey. no i wasn't yeah you should have belted him before he left <laughs> should have paid more attention to what was going on in my old school. I didn't even realize that the clothes had changed. When you really care about something in life, you should follow through, not just leave it to other people. Boy, going to school can sure mess up a person's life. <laughs> One day, you guys will be very glad that you had a good education. Mr. Drummond's right, Arna. Yeah, I know. But until then, it's 20 more years of homework. <laughs> Graduations of Willis and Arnold Jackson with some delicious ice cream soda. Mm. Why are there five of them? Hey, there are five there. What's the extra one? Oh, the other one. Yeah, he's got two of them. <laughs> so the guy's like, surely you're joking. And Drummond's like, boys, am I joking? Arnold's like, I don't hear anybody laughing. Willis is like, me neither. So, yeah, basically, they're going to put Mr. I'm calling him Mr. B. I cannot remember his name, and they've said it multiple times. You know what? He doesn't deserve to have me call him by his name. I'm just going to call him Mr. B. So, they're going to each give the Mr. B a few questions related to Harlem. The first one is, of course, if your shower's not working, how do you take a shower? And Mr. B's like, well, you don't. Wrong! No! What you do, according to Arnold, is you go out and wait for the fire hydrant to be opened up and you take a shower in your underwear out in public. And now Willis is going to bring up, if I give you this, 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 and this, what do you got? And Mr. B's like, I don't know nothing. <laughs> no, wrong. He says, Willis tells him, you got $2 and some change. Arnold says, what are the three blues? Of course, the guy thinks, like, Mr. B thinks colors, like indigo and some weird color that starts with an A and some other color. No. And I'm trying to think what Arnold is saying here. Yeah, and Drummond even says, you know, that fare you gave my boys was, un was not right. And the guy's like, well, seriously, Mr. Drummond... That test is given, the same test given to other students at other schools. Yeah, the guy at first is like, well, I, you, you can't expect me to stay for this. And Philip's like, we are talking about my sons. Now, if you want that auditorium to have a roof, you're going to stay. And if you want to have an auditorium for that school, you are going to sit in that chair and listen. So the boys are pretty much... Uh, schooling Mr. Bordenay. Why do I keep thinking Bordenay? Anyway, they're schooling him in Harlem 101 Street Smarts. And this guy is so all of, out of his element. <laughs> Which is to be expected. He says a brown... I thought at first Willis said a brown egg. But he said a brown egg, two Charlies, and a piece of rust. What do you have? $2.21. And then and Mr. Bordenay is all like, in what country? And Arnold's like, in the old country. Like, we call it Harlem. And he and Willis double slap high fives. Like, yeah, yeah. Mr. Bordenay's like, oh, really, Mr. Drummond? I say this has gone too far. And Philip's like, really? Because you put my boys through the same experience. So sit down. Name three different kinds of blues. And, of course, this Bordenay guy thinks 
he means colors. Azure, indigo, and baby blue. Like, uh, wrong, no. He didn't necessarily say he was referring to the color blue. So the three blues where we come from are Lowdown, Barrel House. He says, like, Lint Bucket or something to that effect. Oh, okay, I get it. Blues. Uh, so, like, yeah, Lowdown Blues. Okay, because when I thought blues, like, I thought, like, blues mu music, like, uh, Billie Holiday or Miles Davis and st or stuff like that. So, yeah, it's like, hey, am I getting three you, Mr. Whatever your name be? <laughs> oh, my God, bard name. What? Oh, I'm happy this guy's not a recurring character because I can't keep up with his name. Bardney. Bardney. Yeah, and apparently somebody can't, yeah, can't pass their test if they don't have street smarts. And, of course, the boys can't exactly pass a test with a bunch of knowledge that they don't have. They were completely unprepared for that test. And the fact that things have changed so much, I mean, Philip ends up booting the guy out the door, and Philip realizes, like, I didn't realize, I didn't know that things had changed so much, not just the uniforms, but their way of thinking. And Philip is saying, you got six months to turn things around, otherwise you're going to be out on your butt and I will have you fired. So yeah, uh, pretty much the boys are just going to go to public school, which is just fine and dandy. Mrs. Garrett comes out with five milkshakes, soda shakes, whatever you want to call them, or beer floats. And, of course, they thought, why are there five? And Arnold's like, why are there five? It's like, oh, yeah, this last one here is forever, whoever finishes first. And you know Arnold, such a foodie, grabs both of them. And that both boys have, like, little uh, whipped cream mustaches. It's so adorable. And that's pretty much the episode. I thought this was a, was a good one, honestly. Um, man. If I had to choose between this one and Mother's Last Visit, I like Mother's Last Visit a little bit more just because it's more personal. It's dealing with a member of Philip's family and just trying to see, make her see the error of her ways. This guy was just, it was honestly, this episode was just another way of somebody looking down on the boys. Someone saying you're not fit for our society and you don't belong and stuff like that. So, so sorry if I kind of fumbled through some parts of the episode with the clips pretty much explain it more than I could. I promise as I go on with the episodes, I'll get a little more better and stuff like that. But I hope you enjoy the episode just the same. I'm I'm really I'm having gonna have a fun time going through and watching the characters grow up again and go through different challenges and obstacles and everything and you know Philip's always going to be there to help the boys and turn them in the right direction or tell them that there are better ways to handle situations and everything like that. Alright so I'm going to talk about the episode that will be coming in June season one episode five entitled The Spanking. December 1st, 1978, Arnold is caught throwing water bombs off the balcony, and Mr. Drummond feels that a fitting punishment is a spanking. Now, of course, this is from the late 70s. Even in the 80s, you had shows that are like, I'm going to give you a spanking if you don't, you know, start acting right and everything. And you always hear the threat of a spanking, but you never actually... I don't remember ever really seeing a kid being spanked. This one might have been the first, at least for its time in 78. Another time would have been an episode of Roseanne where their son DJ is caught just driving off with their car, gets home, brought home by a policeman, and Roseanne loses her faculties there as far as she whoops his butt. And of course, Roseanne and Jackie grew up with an abusive father, and that kind of talks, episode deals with her dealing with her feelings about how she overreacted with punishing DJ. So, but in the, in the episode, The Spanking, we definitely do see Willis and 
Philip coming to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's one of a few times that they're kind of coming to light, not technically blows, but Willis does feel that being that he is the older brother and their parents are gone, he has always looked out for Arnold. He's always doled out, you know, the punishment and stuff. And he feels that it is, it's his place to punish his brother. Even though Philip's like, you know, I'm taking care of you now. I feel like I should be the one handing out the punishments. But this one time he does agree for Willis, like, okay, you can... If he needs to have a spanking, then I guess you should be the one to administer it, Willis. So, all right, that is coming in June. So, have a good rest of May, everyone. And let's see how things unfold in the month of June. If you want to email the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Email is punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. Bye-bye.